Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today we're going to teach you how to tell, tell your, your story. story. So Dwight, you told me about something that you read in a book called The Elevator Game. Could you like explain that and then kind of go into how you could use that in your gaming? Yeah, so I mean, we've covered it many times how you can take media and do this. So this is one of these things of like finding creepy internet stories and then converting those into games. Mm-hmm. So the elevator game is something out of South Korea, because why not? And the concept is, in a very quick fashion, is you find a you find a building that is over 10 stories tall, or at least 10 stories tall. You jump on, you have to be only in the elevator by yourself. You press a button to a certain floor, it takes you to that floor. Then you press another button to go to a different floor that goes down. And then you press another button to go above the first floor you went to. And then there's this weird thing where sometimes you might hear a voice, but you got to stay in the elevator anyway. And you keep hitting more buttons until eventually a woman may jump into the elevator, but you can't do anything with her. You can't talk to her. You can't acknowledge her. Don't even look her in the face. Otherwise, something really bad happens to you. And then eventually you'll hit a button for 10. and You'll hit a button for the first floor. And instead, you'll go to the 10th floor. And supposedly now you are in another dimensional space where literally there's no one in the world left. It's just you. And of course, in order to get out, you have to know in different instructions on how to get out. And so um, I was reading a book. Um, it's actually a six stories collection. It's done as if it's a podcast. So it's a book written as if it's a mm-hmm. podcast. It's pretty good. I'll leave notes. Uh, like if you look in the show notes, I'll, I'll put the author's name and and they. I think he's got five or six books out now, and I've read um, all but the last two and chugging through the last the second last one now. But one of the, in one of his books, he talked about this elevator game. He also talked about these black eyed children, which I then weirdly incorporated into another game of ours, which you wouldn't even recognize what I did with them. Um, but it was through the the conversation with the black eyed children that I created the. Um, I created the sirens that sound like wailing children. Oh, those things. Yeah. So uh, this goes back to you can take a concept from almost anything you see and twist it. And so the Black Eyed Children, which is also in this weird book, um, was there'd be the, this chil- these two children standing at your door at like two in the morning. And they keep ringing the doorbell asking you to let them in. And if you let them in, they would murder you. So you couldn't let them in. And they look just like children and they sounded like children. But you're like, why is there a five or six year old sitting on my doorstep at two in the morning? And how come they have like their eyes are literally 100 percent black, no white to their eyes at all. And so some people think they're demons. Of course, it's like an Internet story. So chances are it's just not true. Mm -hmm. But the guy was dealing with a woman who was in a mental institution and she killed a person and she claimed it was because of the black eyed children. So when I took these black-eyed children and I thought, man, how cool is a story concept where children, right? Because if you hear something that is harming a child, you normally go to figure it out, to stop it. Yes. And a siren from Greek mythology were typically women who looked like women, sort of. But when you actually come out of the spell, you realize that they're just these horribly nasty creatures that will kill you. Yeah, but they lure you in a song. They sing to you as memorizes you and causes you to go to them, right? Your sirens lure in with a blood-curling scream from a child. So everybody instinctively runs towards the scream to save the child, not realizing it's the siren song. Yeah, exactly. Which I thought was a really cool take. Mm-hmm. But I got it from the black-eyed children because the concept was – there's no black-eyed children at all. But the concept is why would you not help a child 
Except when you realize, wait, why is a child doing it at my doorstep at three in the morning, two in the morning? Wait, how come they have no whites in their eyes? Holy crap, what the heck's at my doorstep? Mm -hmm. And they beg and they plead and they say that something's coming to get them. And they, I mean, they literally like use all the tricks in the book. And I thought, man, isn't that just what a siren is? So in that one game that you you and I were playing, I decided to have a siren use instead of a song this blood-curdling scream of a child causing everybody to flee toward them, which then causes them to be hooked into the spell. That's also a great se- segue to another thing we talked about in terms of, like, so one of the things you had that thing do was in order for us to break the enthrallment, we needed to make a will save. Yeah, which you guys were all failing. All three of us botched the will save, so then he had us make it another, another time as another thing later on to try to break it. We all botched again, so then an NPC that deals with normal sirens came in and gave us the wax to put in our ears, and he saved us. But that's an example of as an as a, as your GM, if everybody's just rolling really really crappy that night and they all botch their saves and they're all going to get killed by something, you could have something intervene to help them. Yeah, and that was in a GURPS campaign. And so you guys kept rolling really um, low numbers for your saves. <laughs> it's like, what's your well, roll? It's a fifteen. Okay, and you roll. No, sorry, you rolled the wrong. You rolled high numbers because GURPS is backwards from a D- Dungeons and Dragons, where if you had like a say a twelve save, you roll three d sixes, and if you get a thirteen, you failed. Mm-hmm. And you guys kept rolling like seventeens. 16 is horrible. Two of us didn't have high intelligence, and Will's <laughs> tied to did. intelligence, so the one who did just kept botching it over and over again. <laughs> yeah, so I had to have a guy just, I'm like, oh, DM save, got it. Um, you know, the Deus Ex Machina can work both ways, right? Where I got to have a, a a fighter who has seen these before. He runs up with wax and puts it in the ears, just like Odysseus had when he was tied oh, to the mast. And, all the all the sailors and, put uh, wax yep, in their ears. And you use that of, oh, he's a sailor. He's dealt with sirens, but not these types. But he knew exactly what it looked the same. It had the same thing. So back to this elevator pitch, uh, literally. So how would you take, and we're going to spend the next couple episodes talking about this in depth, but just to give you kind of a teaser so how I would look at this is it just depends on where you're at. So let's just talk about a um, a D20 modern or a D20 sci-fi, cyberpunk, Shadowrun type of game where you have elevators. It's a little harder to do with fantasy, but we, we can I, I think we can talk about that for a brief second too. But the mm-hmm. concept here is don't just get stuck into the fact of an elevator. So the reason why the children, the black-eyed children work really well was I didn't get stuck on black-eyed children showing up at their door because that doesn't make any sense for the players to be hooked into this. What it means is twist it into its unrecognizable form. So maybe there's a world like uh, you're playing third life, right? So second life, third mm-hmm. life, right? It's in the future. Um, it's a fully immersive virtual reality system that's brand new and everything uh, just appears to be 100% real, no glitches, no nothing. But when you go into it, there's these weird things that as you're playing like the tutorial of the game, you end up unlocking certain secrets that allow the AI to basically invade your mind because the tutorial has you start pushing weird buttons. But in reality, the interface you're touching is the safety mechanisms to disable mm-hmm. the AI from being able to do anything to you. Yeah. 
or you had one about adventuring, which I thought was pretty good. Just talk about it in very brief because we're going to go into it in depth. Basically, if you're going, and you could do this in a standard D&D or almost any system as they're going through wherever they need to do, if they hit this button, this lever, and you can have it through multiple campaign sessions of the dungeon, if they do specific things in said dungeon, they get sent to a different plane. Like it opens a gate or it opens There's something. weird magical aspects when you hit that lever on the 10th floor and this lever on the 4th floor in this conjunction that the players don't know that they did that. But in order for you to open that, that door, you needed to hit that lever. But that lever has a second function. Right. So they're unknowingly creating that. So then they get sucked through. And where? how do they get back from there? Because they don't know the, the way back out. Exactly. And that's kind of the same fun part about this. If you go online and I'll put a, um, in the resources section, I'll put a link to the thing that I was reading, um, earlier, just kind of in brief. Um, there's a thing on there about how to travel back to your home world. And so like, if you go into a different elevator and try it out, you can't ever get back. And so that's the fun part of this is where you could take the concept, a general concept is, your players could be pivotal in the next thing. This huge event. Let's say they got to go to show up to a peace talk. And in order to get there, some general or somebody high up in the organization that they all serve together says, oh, the fastest way to get there, especially if they don't have teleportation or that kind of ability, is to go through this uh, this dungeon here. It goes right out through the other side of the mountain. It saves you a week or two of time and you'll totally be able to get there. No problem. It's not really inhabited by much. It should just be a pretty quick walk through the park. Here's my manual on instructions on how to get through it. We've rigged it with a bunch of traps so that people can't get through. Okay, no big deal. Well, in so doing, as you kind of shake, shake, uh, take Jacob's idea that he just talked about, and that manual literally gives them all of the wrong information. Yes, it gets them through, but it also sets up the scenario where the exit to the cave is actually the exit into another world that closes as soon as they get there. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, your players now have to spend maybe a week getting back. Well, in so doing, they miss the peace talk. In so doing, everything goes south. And this is where you can take the concept of many of our games we talked about have a timeline created. Like what if the players never existed? What would happen? Well, you could then now take your, your little timeline that your players have ruined because they're supposed to. And then go, well, wait, what if I actually remove the players from my timeline so that they can't influence it? Now what happens? Throw an additional wrench in the chain to keep it going. Exactly. And there you are. Now your players are trying to spend a a couple campaigns trying to get uh, game sessions to Mm -hmm. get back. But on top of that, now they've also missed the thing, which means that the peace talks didn't go well, which means that the two parties are at war. And who, you know, did the guy who gave you that information, did he knowingly do this to you? Did somebody give him bad information? Do you have a, you have a leak in your system? You have a, a double agent of some sort that's now really railroaded the entire campaign into something that didn't have to be. So anything else you want to add? Not in this one. So we'll, we're going to jump onto this topic for the next couple of sessions going in depth into um, very specific types of things on this. But this is just giving an example of taking like two web stories and then twisting them to your own imagination. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, thanks for listening. And for more resources, please go to skullrpg.com.